0: the Mission Dorothy podcast with your hostess, Tamika Williams. Hello, thank you so much for joining us here at Mission Dorothy, the podcast. Today, I want us to talk about a topic that is connected to our self-esteem, and this is romantic love, right? If we think about it, If your self-esteem is low, it will show up in how you choose to show or not show your love. If your self-esteem is high, it will also show up in how you receive as well as give your love, right? When the self-esteem is low, you will see some irritation, aggravation, and frustration. When the self-esteem is high, you will be able to know your worth, know what it is you offer this relationship, as well as know what it is that you want from the relationship, right? So as we look at self-esteem, self-esteem is the foundation of romantic love. In its absence, we begin to be saboteurs of our own happiness. Mm. So we work to sabotage our own happiness if we do not have a good, healthy amount of self-esteem. If we feel competent and worthy in our own eyes, if we feel lovable, we have the internal resources, which is emotional wealth, that make it possible for us to love someone, right? So if you don't have that emotional wealth, which is that internal um, love understanding of your own self-worth, then you end up, uh, feeling trapped in feelings of deficiency, right? And you're not able to see what it is that you can bring to this relationship. Understanding that, you know, your thought pattern would be that you don't have anything to bring to the relationship without the emotional wealth. So we are able to appreciate others in their own right, you know, at its its own end itself, but not merely as instruments for the satisfaction of our needs. Right. So what that is saying is, is that You know, like it says, we are able to appreciate others in their own right as ends in themselves, not merely as instruments for the satisfaction of our needs. So we can love them for how they are, who they are, and not love them for just satisfying a need, right? So if you are just in a relationship where you're just working to satisfy a need, then that relationship definitely, definitely is not as fulfilling to you as it could be. Okay. So we are able to interact with them appropriately without exploitiveness of toxic neediness. And what that states is, is simply saying that when you're in a relationship and you understand your self-worth, you have good self-esteem, you are able to love the person for who they are and not just for what it is that you need. Oftentimes we find ourselves looking for someone to fulfill us when in actuality, it is our responsibility to make ourselves feel whole and happy. It's not your mate's responsibility to make you feel that way. And so when you do have a good level of self-esteem, you're able to have a healthy balance in this relationship and not come off as extra needy, right? So we'll expound on that a little bit later. So when we look at it in contrast, when that self-esteem is really low, you know, we do not feel competent and worthy, right? You end up not feeling like you are lovable. Then the basis of our responses to others is a sense of impoverishment right? It's a sense of deficit. We look for people who will accept us or make the world feel right for us or y'all know that term, rescue us or else treat us as badly as we feel we deserve to be treated. We are not looking for people to admire with whom we can share the joy and excitement of our life. So instead, you're looking for someone who is able to make you feel fulfilled, but in actuality, it's a false sense of fulfillment, right? Because think about it. If that person leaves you, then you're back to feeling empty. That's why it's so important for you to work toward, you know, fulfilling yourself with joy and happiness in your own way versus looking for somebody else to fulfill that for you. So, you know, if we do not feel lovable, it is very difficult to believe that anyone else can love us. If I cannot accept myself, how... Can I accept or believe that you love me? Your professions of love is confusing because I know I am not lovable, right? This is what you're saying to yourself if your esteem is low, right? Your feelings for me cannot possibly be real, reliable, or lasting. It is very difficult to let love in. That is a scary heart. That is a heart that is not um, self-assured. That is a heart with low self-esteem. That is a heart that has been hurt. Right? That hurt heart says, and let me repeat this again. If I cannot accept myself, how can I accept or believe your love for me? Your profession of love is confusing because I know I'm not lovable. Your feelings for me cannot possibly be real, reliable, or lasting. It is very difficult to let love in how many of you guys are having a hard time letting love in? You're afraid that you're going to get hurt again. You're afraid that you're going to give your all and not receive the same in return. You know, you're afraid of being vulnerable and showing up as your authentic self and fear that they're not going to accept who you are. Well, let me tell you, that is why it's so important for you to work on your self esteem, because when your self esteem is at a healthy dosage, you will understand that part of part of life is is hurt. You'll understand that you know we are going to have these moments of trials and tribulations in relationships that may end in hurt, right? But it when you have you know. And to keep it real, you can have all the self-esteem in the world and still be hurt. But what I'm getting at is, is that when you walk into a relationship, it's important for you to already have a healthy amount of self-esteem. That way it's harder for someone to try to manipulate or use you, right? Because at the end of the day, you know what you're worth and you understand that Um, Or you can identify those types of people by their behavior. Right? So it's certain things that you're not going to stand for, you're not going to deal with, you're not going to allow in your life when you do have a healthy dose of self-esteem when it comes to your romantic relationships. You won't be falling for the okie doke right? Because you understand your value. You understand what you bring to the table. You understand the benefits of being with you in a, in a romantic relationship, but the scared heart is afraid to be vulnerable, is afraid to allow someone in, is afraid to trust again, is, you know, can come off as bitter, um, mean and angry right? And so think about it. What you put out there in the world is often what you attract. So if that is how you love, then trust and believe you will end up possibly getting someone that is going to treat you the same way. Or you can end up with someone that is passive and will allow you to use and abuse them. Neither one of those is a fulfilling, loving relationship. Right? So when we look at this scared heart, you know, you know, it may, you know, you may have this outlook of, even if I may attempt love, but I am undermined at the base and in my insecurity, I subvert love by demanding excessive reassurance right? By venting irrational possessiveness, by making catastrophize of small frictions, by seeking to control through subservience or domination, by finding ways to reject my partner before my partner can reject me. Mm, There go that little safety disclaimer, right? So many people walk around with that, right? I've even heard people say, you know, I tend to date people who are more into me than I am into them. That way that safeguards my heart. Hmm. Does it really, or does it really block the ability for you to really find someone who really loves you for who you are and how you are? In that hurt heart, the possibilities for self-sabotage are unlimited, right? So let's go back and look at this in a little bit more detail. So the hurt heart with low self-esteem will show their insecurity by looking for excessive reassurance, So excessive reassurance is that you're constantly looking at your partner to validate you. You're looking at your partner to always reassure you that they love you, that they care about you, that excessive reassurance is dangerous. Because your partner can easily feel that they are constantly, you know, giving to you, but you don't have the ability to give back to them because your self-esteem is low, right? So you really don't have much to give. That's why you're constantly looking on the outside for validation to fill you up because you have nothing to give your mate. Right. So you come off as really needy. Then you start to complain about, you know, you know, you start to complain with these irrational, possessive, um, thoughts. Right. So this is you thinking that, Um, your mate is cheating that, you know, they're talking to someone else. They're not being faithful. You're having these irrational possessiveness where you're trying to act as if your mate is, um, you know, just not being honest or you are looking at them as a object, right? And so all of your irrational thoughts and beliefs as it relates to their love for you, um, is not authentic, that you're second guessing it. And, you know, they're just saying things to make you feel good and they don't mean it. When in actuality, this is just you projecting your low self-worth on your mate. And you think that they think the same way about you, that you think about yourself. Listen, irrational possessiveness, right? Then you will start making catastrophes of small frictions right so you're taking the smallest things and then you're blowing them up to the the worst the the worst case scenario right so that example looks like um let's just say that you told your mate you know i love you at night and um You know, they just kind of gave you a kiss on the forehead, but did not, you know, say the same thing. So then you take this and you blow it up because they didn't say I love you, too, um, because you miss the reading of the kiss on the forehead. Right. So now you're thinking that they don't love you because they didn't return it but because they didn't say it verbally right? So this is you taking something really, really small and blowing it up, making it something way bigger than what it needs to be, right? Also that hurts low self-esteem heart, will be seeking to control, right? So this is that domination. You're trying to be really controlling in the relationship. You want to know where your mate is at all times. You want to know where they've been, who they are with. Like you want them to be, you know, kind of your slave as you are the master, right? Right? Trust that only works <laughs> in the whole, uh, S and M community that is not in a regular relationship. Okay. So the dominant, you know, just trying to be a dominatrix, like you can, you can be that in a whole nother world, you know, in a whole nother, uh, setting, but in regular relationships that will not work unless you are with a very, very passive partner. And I don't know a lot of people who intentionally look for a passive partner. Most of the time it is subconsciously chosen. Right? All right. And lastly, that low self-esteem hurts heart will... Find ways to reject their partner before the partner reject them. So this is you breaking it off before they break it off with you. You can kind of feel it. It's in the air that they're not happy. They've been expressing some things. And then you will try to have that old dominance and control, that insecurity. So you will just break off the relationship because you think that they're getting ready to break it off with you. What if they just wanted to talk, but your insecure heart has caused them to just go ahead, um, you know, and try to talk to you about your behaviors and the relationships. And, you know, they may want to try to work it through, but your insecurities have ended the relationship. And the crazy part is, is that you walk off thinking that you've done something when in actuality you've set yourself up. For failure, right? That's that self-sabotage, right? So understand this. As we see ourselves, so do we act. And our actions tend to produce results that continu- continually support our self-concept. That goes back to me saying, how you think about yourself is what you're going to project, right? And you're going to project it on other people and you're going to think that they think the same thing about you when in actuality, that's not the truth, right? Now let's look at the opposite side of the hurt heart. Let's look at, let's look at the, the, the self-assured heart, right? Right? That heart says, when I feel deserving of love, I deal with you in a confident, benevolent, and loving manner. And I am open to receive your love. When I feel undeserving of love, I deal with you in a fearful, suspicious, and hostile manner. And you withdraw from me. My self-concept becomes my destiny, right? So that's how it is, right? You either have that hurt heart or you have this self-assured heart. With the self-assured heart, you're going to be able to love with confidence. You're going to be able to love in a manner where you can open up and receive your mate's love. That scared heart, that low self-esteem scared heart is going to feel undeserving of love, and they're going to show it with um, through fear, acting suspicious, being hostile, and withdrawing. Right. So let me give you and a couple of examples from Nathaniel Brandon's um, book this is where, what I'm pulling from today. Um, I'm using his book, um, A Woman's Self-Esteem. And here is an example of what we're talking about today when it comes to self-esteem and um, romantic love. So let's take a look at Tony, right? So Tony, she was a successful automobile saleswoman. But in her personal life, she often caught herself engaging in self-sabotaging behavior. As if to apologize for her success at work, she was over salacious with her husband. So this means that she was over, like she was an overkill when it came to like checking in on her husband, making sure he got what he need coming off really needy for his love and affection. Right now at work, she is confident. Like she is owning, uh, owning things. Like she's really leaning in, in her craft, but at home she's coming off as this overly needy wife. Right. So, she was dip, um, differential to him when there was no need to be acting out a conventional notion of femininity that he found irritating and bewildering. So here she is like doing, it's overkill, right? Acting to be super needy because she, this is her definition of femininity is to act super needy, right? Right. And so he found that irritating and it was just really getting on his nerve, right? So Tony, trapped in her insecurities, she did not know how to respond when he wondered aloud what had happened to the independent woman he had fallen in love with. Look, don't switch it up, okay? It's like everybody... When you meet someone, you're meeting a representative, right? Unless you come across someone who is really living their authentic life. So they're showing up as who they are. Take it or leave it, right? But in Tony's case, Tony showed up to her husband initially, you know, in the early on in the relationship, in the marriage, she came off this independent woman, which is the version of herself on the job. But at home, for some reason, she came off as being really needy, um, super, uh, dependent upon her husband, just kind of overkill in this whole fake femininity, uh, view. Right. And so Tony, you know, she realized, you know, at once he verbalized what he, you know, what he verbalized, you know, is just wondering what happened to my independent, um, wife that he fell in love with. So Tony ended up going into therapy and with Mr. Brendan, he states that it took work to help, um, I'm sorry, excuse me. Actually, Tony's husband ended up going to therapy because he is trying to figure out how to deal with Tony. So in therapy, it took work to help him to see how he was reinforcing her submissive, right? Her submissive behaviors, and here's what he was doing. By making too many decisions that involved them both without consulting her. Excuse me, so here... Tony is in a relationship where she does not feel like she has any power. So therefore she goes to the opposite end of the spectrum and she comes off as being really needy and dependent, right? So it took more work to help her overcome her internalized voice of actually, guess where it came from? Her mother telling her, that men do not like strong women, man. Come on. Okay. Now, do y'all see it? Do you see the pattern? Like, do you see the pattern? So here you have a young woman who mother told her that men do not like strong women. So therefore, Tony has created two versions of herself, right? And it's possibly, well, it's three right so we have the authentic tony then we have the very independent tony on the job and then we have the submissive tony in the marriage all because her mother told her that men do not like strong women see tony did not feel confident enough to shrug off her mother's message and relate to her husband without humiliating over compliance. Mm. Mm. She didn't ignore the message. Tony agreed with her mother and carried this message into her adult life. What have you agreed with when it comes to your mom or dad, right? Or whoever raised you, what agreements that you make with them that is prop is not serving you properly in your romantic relationships today? I want you to think about that after this episode, okay? And I want you to journal on that, like what agreements that you made, you know, and carried with you in your adulthood and it shows up in your romantic relationships in a negative way. Ponder on that, okay? And so basically... Um, her project became to interact with him as a self-responsible adult, right? So as a result of both both of them going to therapy and Tony now has to work on showing up as a self-responsible adult, right? As an independent equal in this relationship. Right? So success, it did not come easily. She spoke to Mr. Mr. Brendan and she stated that she felt naked without her customary defenses. Right? Now her customary defenses was irritating and aggravating to her husband. Right? This is her being extra needy, having this fake, uh, definition of what femininity is being submissive, um, and being submissive and overkill, right? So when her anxiety began to stir up in response to fantasies of being abandoned, she learned to breathe into it, Right? That's taking that deep breath and diving in anyways, right? So Tony is, you know, filled with anxiety. She's feeling naked without her defense mechanisms. And so now um, she's willing to dive in and make the change because she wants to be able to save her relationship, right? So she was able to breathe into it to witness it without being manipulated by it and remain true to her adult self in her behavior. Until over time, she saw that her fears were groundless, right? They were not rooted. They were not connecting, right? In the process, she was doing two things, A, she was working on her self-esteem, right? By learning self-assertiveness and authenticity. So she's learning how to be assertive, you know, standing up for herself, what she believes in, speaking up for herself and authentic, being understanding that it's okay for her to be her because that's who he fell in love with in the first place, right? Not creating this fake A version of herself or this persona created by her mother's words. Right. And B, she learned to protect herself, um, in her relationships along with protecting her relationships. Right. And when I say protect, meaning protecting her own self from her own um, you know, old toxic behaviors that she had. Right. So think about it. If you feel that you are showing up in your relationship inauthentic, you've created this version of yourself that you feel like your mate would enjoy better than being your authentic self. I can guarantee you, you are tired as hell. You are exhausted of trying to keep up with this fake persona that you've created. And now you've allowed someone to fall in love with this persona and you realize that you have to live your life 100% unauthentic versus being your authentic self. My God, you are talking about exhausting, like your feet are worn out. Your anxiety is high You are short-tempered, your tolerance is low, you get irritated and aggravated fast, but you do all of this while walking around with that fake smile. It's time to end that. It's time to remove the personas, remove the mask, and show up as your authentic self. Because if you feel that you have to put this mask on, we're not saying that none of, none of those characteristics are who you are. You can still incorporate those within yourself. Right. But I'm sure you've your authentic self have peaked out there here and there. You know, it peeked around the corner here and there. Right. It showed up um, a couple of times. Right. But I think you were probably so afraid to allow it to stay. To, you know, in fear of judgment or, or, you know, your mate not really liking you, um, the way that they like your persona. It's okay to show up as you understand that you are enough right now today. If you know, you have toxic characteristics or behaviors work toward changing them. This is what this podcast is about. Our goal here is to help you to learn the tools that you need to walk authentically. So it's okay, right? Because at the end of the day, you want somebody who can fall in love with you, right? Your raw, true self. That way you don't have to, you know, keep walking around um, scuffed up by these fake personalities and you know personas that you've created based off of your environment or you know just the people that you're around this is you being free to be right so let's look at another example Right. Cause Tony, Tony got it right. You know, going, she went to therapy. Her husband went to therapy as well. They both worked on, you know, the husband worked on how he was co-signing her submissiveness by not allow, not involving her in, you know, huge decisions that affected her. Right. So he said that he wanted an equal partner, but he wasn't treating her as an equal. Right. And then Tony worked on learning how to be assertive and learning how to be her authentic self so that she could speak up or, you know, join in with her husband and making life decisions that would be best for their relationship um, and the both of them for the long haul. Right. This was her learning how to protect her self in in the relationship from her old behaviors, right? So let's take a look at another example. So another example is Millie. So Millie, she's an interior decorator, right? Consciously chose her marriage as an arena in which to work on self-development. She had been very badly hurt in a previous long-term relationship and now was terrified of being vulnerable. Whoop! There goes that V word right vulnerable vulnerable a lot of people are afraid to be vulnerable and honestly it's nothing to be afraid of but I get it the the root fear is that you're afraid to get hurt I, I get it I understand it so let's look at Millie right now let me read that first sentence over again It says, Millie, an interior decorator, consciously chose her marriage as an arena in which to work on self-development. So she consciously consciously chose her marriage so that it can help her to work on herself. Mm. Okay, let's see how this works out. So she had been very badly hurt in a previous long-term relationship. And now she was terrified of being vulnerable. She longed for her husband's love, yet threw up barriers. She blew up small frictions into large conflicts. She fluctuated between not expressing her wants and expressing them with hostility. Right? So here Millie is, Saying that, you know, this is probably one who has prayed for the husband, you know, that is not going to hurt her. Right. While she's being conscious of working on herself, but it's clear that she is. There's a lot of confusion going on inside of Millie. Right. So it states that first she would you know throw up barriers so she's putting barriers in her way right so this is her not living consciously right because she is putting up barriers uh that are working against you know her her goals right she blew up small um frictions into large conflicts so she every every little thing she's making it big she's blowing it up she's taking the smallest things and just blowing it up which speaks to insecurities right? Then she fluctuates between not expressing her wants. So now she's holding it in and she's holding it in to the point to where, um, she also expresses them with hostility. So now she gets pissed, but she should be mad at herself for holding it in. It ain't his fault, but she's holding it in. So then she get pissed and then she ends up expressing them with hostility. So here's how her husband reacted. He reacted with hurt, anger, and withdrawal. All the things Millie did not want, right? Which predictably exacerbated her fears, right? So that goes right back to um, what we said a little earlier, which was her self-concept becomes her destiny, right? Right? So in counseling with both of them, Mr. Brendan spoke of, you. I don't, you know, if you guys have ever heard of Masters and Johnson's famous characterization of marriage as an exchange of vulnerabilities, because that's what it is, right? If you really truly look at marriage, if you look at, you know, your rom- intimate romantic relationships, it's an exchange of vulnerabilities, it's you being willing to be vulnerable with someone that you feel you trust and who would not take advantage of your vulnerability, right? And of the courage and self-esteem this requires, right? So you got to have some good courage and bravery and some, a good dose of self-esteem in order to be willing to exchange your vulnerabilities. So while Mr. Brendan was working with Millie alone one day, he says that um, they made a list of the kind of behaviors that would mean she was bringing a higher level of self-esteem to her relationship. So this is Millie's list of behaviors that would bring a higher level of self-esteem to her relationship, right? Right. So here's what that would look like for her. She wrote, I would stay open to what my husband is offering, right? So she's not closed minded. She's not like ripping him down. She is staying open to what her husband offers. So she's open to his suggestions, right? Comments, concerns. I would not engage in self put downs. So this is her not putting herself down, not calling herself stupid or ignorant or, um, you know, any of those self-degrading terms, right? That that goes against self-love, right? So I would not engage in self-put-downs. I would not let anxiety make me withdraw. So even though things may feel a little... Shaky, it makes me feel a little anxious and nervous. I am going to feel the fear and do it anyways, right? And not withdraw. I would let my love show. So, this is Millie, Millie willing to be vulnerable by working to show her husband the love that she has for him, but also this is Millie showing love for herself, right? I would bring benevolence to our encounters. So, you know, with, um, the benevolence, this is Millie like really working to, um, be authentic, right? This is her, um, working to be kind and meaningful in her relationships right? In every encounter that her and her husband have, she's bringing meaning, intention, um, being conscious and kind in every encounter, right? I would not be sarcastic, right? So even though he may piss her off, make her mad, make her feel a certain kind of way, Millie is willing to uh, communicate her roots level needs and not get caught up in the surface with using sarcastic jargon, right? I would not be a nitpicker, picker, <laughs> pick it. I would not be a nitpicker. So this is her not taking every little thing and nitpicking and being so choosy and, um, you know, hard to work with. I would express my needs and wants with dignity, There's that self-assertiveness right there, right? This is her standing strong and assertive in her needs and her wants and being able to express it properly to her mate. I wouldn't turn every misunderstanding into a catastrophic event, right? So even though I may not understand There, we, we may not agree. We may have an argument. I'm not going to blow it up and make it anything bigger than what it is. Right. My response to it is not going to be way larger than it should be. My response is going to match the actual situation. Right. I'm not going back and reaching in the past and, uh, responding based off of the other 50 million times you have done the same thing. Right, my response is going to be based on right now. Okay, I would listen more. So Millie is willing to listen more. She's willing to not only listen with her ears, but she's also willing to listen with her heart. Right? If you write the word heart out, H E A R T, you will see that right in the middle, you have the word ear, e. A-R, right? So if you really want someone to listen or you want to listen to someone else, make sure that you're listening with your heart and not just your ears. She also states, I would be more generous, right? So this is her being kind, thinking about her husband, doing nice and special things for him, right? Being willing to work with him as a team. I would not accept unacceptable behavior. So this is her holding her husband to a certain standard, meaning that if he is cheating or belittling her or, you know, um, you know, just being disrespectful in any form or fashion, if he's making decisions that is not providing, protecting, um, you know, for her, for the family, she's willing to not accept it and speak up about unacceptable behavior. And she said, I would allow happiness in my life, man. That's the, that's one of the best parts right there, right? Is Millie is willing to choose happiness over all this other negative stuff right? That she's willing to allow it to show up in her life, right? So Mr. Brendan said that he said to her, I wonder if these are things you can put into practice now by choice without waiting for your self-esteem fully to catch up. Let it be an experiment. Let's discover What would happen if you treat your mate as you know you would treat him if your self-esteem were already where you want it to be, right? So we're talking about manifestation. Let's go ahead and walk as if the self-esteem is already intact, right? Let's go ahead and love as if the self-esteem is already intact right? Let's go ahead and be assertive as if the healthy level of self-esteem is already intact, right? So now, of course, we know this was not always easy. Sometimes it was a heroic battle to remain open and loving when um, the frightening part of her wanting to shut down or run away, right? So we know transformation is not easy. It's going to get harder before it get easy, right? But the thing about it is, is that you got to feel the fear and do it anyways, right? You got to just work through it and not shut down or run away because your anxiety is getting so high. No, use your coping skills and push forward. OK. Sometimes it was an enormous effort to attack and vilify when communicating her wants and frustrations. Right. So sometimes she had to work real hard to, um, you know, assert herself to communicate her wants and frustrations in a calm and cool manner instead of cussing and fussing right? We said it ain't, it won't be easy, right? So sometimes she stumbled and fell back on old counterproductive behaviors, but she did not give up, right? So like I said, you're going to fail a couple of times before you pass. As she persevered and it got easier, she felt herself becoming stronger and feeling more lovable, And she saw that more of what she wanted in a relationship was coming back to her. You get what you give. Please understand karma is real. And what energy you put out is the energy that you would get back. So if you want to have a loving relationship, even if your self-esteem is not at its highest right now you have to start walking in that manner right as they say if you want to be a wife you need to be a wife before you eat before he even show up right because that way when he show up he can already identify you as his wife right you can't be a girl you can't be girlfriend material or uh, best friend material and walking in that way, wanting to be somebody's wife. If you want to be someone's wife, then you have to already carry yourself as a wife. Right? That way he can identify you. And when he show up and when he see you, he will say, that's my wife right there. ma'am. Yes. Oh, I love it. So I love it. So, so let's get back to Millie. It helped that her husband was also in therapy too, but whether we are walking on relationship problems alone or with a partner, ultimately what we have to focus on is what is in our control. What we have power over, namely our own actions, right? So whether you're in a relationship working, you know, you working through relationship issues while in a relationship or while being single, please understand that you can only focus on what you can control, right? At the end of the day, in order to break vicious vicious cycles of self-sabotaging, you got to work at being as authentic as possible. Be real with yourself, right? And once you find that there are some characteristics about yourself that you would like to change, Go ahead and start working on those, right? So we take the actions we know we would take if we had higher self-esteem. And by taking them, we raise our level of self-esteem and create a life of greater satisfaction. Now, is success guaranteed? Will a troubled relationship always be saved? Of course not. But it's the best chance we've got. And one way or another, we will grow in the process. So don't be afraid to do the work. Work to be your best self, right? By living authentically, showing up as yourself, and once you do your self-journey and you can see that there are some things about you that you're really not happy with, then you can work to change those. But at the end of the day, either you stay the same or you grow. Visualize yourself yourself with a good, healthy self-esteem, right? It may not be in place already, but as you do the work, it will start to grow. As you listen to our episodes and if you put this work into play, you will start to see your authentic self show up more often. You will start to fall in love with your authentic self. You will start to have acceptance for your authentic self. Your quality of life will be enhanced, right? So as I close out this episode, I need you to understand that your self-esteem levels is important when it comes to your romantic relationships. It plays a huge part in how you show up in your relationships. And I know we're talking about romantic relationships today, but also this is for all relationships. For those of you guys who say that it's hard to build new friendships in your late 30s on up, In actuality, it's not. Because if you're walking around as your authentic self, then you will attract people like-minded. And you will be open to creating new friendships. You won't have that scared heart of, you know, being afraid to be vulnerable and, you know, afraid to trust people you will feel assertive and secure within your ability to be able to choose who can stay in your life and who cannot. All right. So I hope that this episode really helped you all understand the connection between self-esteem and your romantic relationships. In our next episode, I will talk about selfishness. And we all know we all have a little bit of that within ourselves, right? So until the next time, love on purpose, live on purpose, and be authentic. Bye.